You know, I'll never forget the day in high school when I realized that listening to punk music didn't actually make me different. Like, it just made me fit in at the other end of the spectrum with all the other kids who like to listen to punk music. (laughs) And and I still love punk, punk music, but, like, I just realized that I think being truly unique involves way more than just, like, picking and choosing things to identify with and cobbling together an identity out of that. I think it's way more innate and multifaceted than that. And it comes from the path that got you to where you are. And that includes everything from conversations you had to teachers you had. I mean, everything. And I hope that people I hope that people can realize that and start taking your weird as a compliment because I really think it is one. <laughs> Peterson, you are weird. Hey, thanks. And I think that (laughs) (laughs) I just want to introduce you a little bit to the people listening. Um, This is my friend Kate Peterson, who I've known since college, and you have a new project coming out. Do you just want to tell me a little bit of backstory about about what you're working on? Yeah, totally. So um, I'm an illustrator and an author. I live over in Boise. And um, my illustration business is called The Dapper Jackalope, and I've had it going for about three years now. And then my first book is coming out on July 11th from Penguin Random House, and I feel like the luckiest lady in the whole world. I'm really excited. <laughs> um, it's a, Awesome. Yeah, so the book is somewhere in between a creative journal and a coloring book. Basically, picture a journal with all kinds of like writing prompts and drawing prompts and activity pages and all kinds of things, but the whole thing is colorable, basically. It's all in black and white. Um, and it is called You're Weird, a creative journal for misfits, oddballs, and anyone else who's uniquely awesome. And I cannot wait to share it with the world. I'm so excited for it to come out. This is your first, like, kind of published official working through a publisher project, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, how did that come about? Yeah, so I started my business about three years ago, um, and really I was just kind of doing my own thing. Um, I don't do a ton of client work as an illustrator. Mostly I just sort of make whatever pieces I want to make and then release them um, as cards and prints and that sort of thing. And I made this really ridiculous coloring book um, that had the same title as the book that's coming out in July. It was called You're Weird. And it had all these really goofy monsters in it. And I put it on Etsy in my shop and people went nuts for it. It was so awesome (laughs) to watch, especially because it was about it was like the most ridiculous thing I'd ever made. And it was about weirdness. So (laughs) to see people really rally behind it was really exciting. And one day I was um, working at my day job at the time. And like you do at a job that you're not really enjoying, I was checking my personal email. <laughs> and uh, there in my email was this, um, this email from the woman who is now my editor. Um, and the subject line was penguin editor reaching out. And this day job was at a library and it was the night shift. And so there was like no one in the library and it was super, super quiet. And I get this email that like changes my whole life. And I've since realized that the library is like the worst place in the world to get really good news (laughs) because you can't make a sound at all. And so I was just like sitting behind the desk, like reading this email where she basically said she'd found the coloring book on Etsy and she'd wondered if I um, had ever thought of going through a major publisher for it. So, yeah, that's how it started. Awesome. Um, 
It was crazy. I always wanted to go in the direction of books, but I had never really done the research to figure out how to do it. I hadn't pitched them or anything. And they just sort of landed in my lap and changed my life. It was really amazing. And I feel super, super lucky. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, my my day job before my current job was also working at the library. And <laughs> I, found out, I found out that I got my job working at SciShow. Uh, when I was at the library and it's yeah you do like a little like dance but yep. don't make any noise <laughs> exactly <laughs> so since you never like reached out to them and it kind of like came about in this like organic way was it yeah weird to like not weird but how do you feel about like kind of changing direction that way into like was this your dream job has it developed into your dream job you know what I mean like going after something sure yeah, and, yeah. And it having it appear that way. Totally. So I feel like my career path has been a story of me trying to do things, but the universe kind of just pointing me in the direction I really should have been going in all along, but <laughs> didn't know. Um, so the first job I ever wanted when I was really, really little was a cartoonist. And then oh I, gosh, perfect. I know, right? And then I went and got a bachelor's in English and a master's in literature and was convinced I was going to be an academic. Um, even though in high school I had a, I took an art class and the teacher told me I should take AP art and I didn't even know that was a thing. Like I was so into academics and I didn't do it, you know, but I feel like the universe gives you all these little clues and it's up to you to say yes and, and follow them. And up until recently, I really wasn't doing that. You know, once I finally started making art um, as something that I'd always wanted to do, but never really considered as a professional career path. Um, I've loved books ever since I was a kid, you know, um, when I was really, really small, even before I had learned to read, apparently I would pull books off the shelf and try to read them until I would be crying basically because I wanted to read so badly before I could read. Yeah, I know. And um, yeah. And so then of course I studied English, I studied literature and I am a voracious reader. And so when someone came along and was like, Hey, do you want to make books? I was like, again, how did I not think of this? Like, of course this is what I'm supposed (laughs) to be doing. So it was really fortuitous. And I am just so excited to have finally, you know, found the ways in which, um, all these little puzzle pieces that have made up me for, you know, 29 years I've been on this planet are coming together in ways that make so much sense. And I kind of can't believe I didn't see it before. (laughs) It seems like creative stuff, too. Sometimes you don't realize that you're like, oh, this could be a career path and not just a hobby. Oh, totally. You know, my parents both um, have very, they come from very established career fields. Um, My Mm -hmm. mom is in nonprofit and my dad is in university life. And um, nobody in my family, really, even my extended family, has their own business. And so I didn't grow up with models of what it would look like to work independently. And I think that's a big part of why I didn't really consider it a possibility. Um, But I'm really glad that it finally dawned on me because it's awesome. (laughs) So was it scary to go in that since you didn't have mentors in that Oh, my gosh. Yeah, very much so, Um, especially because, like, I think my parents always – assumed I would be an academic because that was what I assumed I would be too. Right. And, um, you know, doing kind of an about face after graduating with a master's in literature and saying, actually, I'm not going to do anything with that. Um, I'm going to do this other thing (laughs) instead that's like totally, you know, society says it's not safe. And, you know, there's this whole idea of like the starving artist and everything. It's like, oh, I'm going to do that instead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think, you know, 
when when things like that happen, you just have to jump in without your floaties on sometimes, as the little <laughs> kid that at summer camp that I used to work at used to say. Um, so I'm That's really awesome. glad that I jumped in without my floaties on. A lot of times in my work, like when I'm I'm a crew lead, like I'm like hiring people and stuff. Right. And so sometimes when I'm trying to pitch someone who I'm hiring to my boss, I'm like, oh, they're just so weird. And like <laughs> that is such a compliment to me. Yeah. And so um, but I, I know it's and so then I like sometimes get faces and I'm like, oh, 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 yeah, this weird. And what I'm really usually mean is like they're really creative and they think about things in a way that I don't think about things, which Yes. To me, is a really good thing. Absolutely. And so I guess, can you just tell me about more about, like, the the initial coloring book and then this book and, like, yeah. what that phrase means to you? Yes. So um, my definition of weird is pretty much just unapologetically unique. Um, I picked the word awesome. weird as the centerpiece for the book because it goes a lot farther than different or special or unique. And mm-hmm. I really want us to all go farther in how we think about and embrace uniqueness. Um, really right now I feel like most of us has, have gone as far as be yourself quote unquote but we really don't know what that actually means <laughs> and right. especially like the command form of it you know be yourself seems to imply almost a sort of performance but to say I'm weird is just to accept like the status quo you know all the little aspects of who you are um, right now yeah. and just sort of let them hang out and that is really what I wanted to do with this book I wanted to make your weird a compliment um, yeah, so cool. I'm really excited to see how people respond to it because I'm hoping that the response will be really positive and that it will give people permission to figure out what be yourself means to them. Yeah, that's awesome. And then so like you have a really distinct artistic style and you're self-taught, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. So can you talk about like figuring that out, like kind of without range, totally. you know? Yeah. So, um. You know, I think one of the reasons why I didn't really consider being an artist as a professional career path is that my style is pretty cartoony and it kind of felt to me like I could either be a serious artist, whatever that means, or a cartoonist who like did comic strips. You know, I hadn't really thought about like Mm -hmm. where the two could meet in the middle. Um, And I think a big part of figuring out how to do this professionally and like saying yes to being an artist is is finding out what that looks like and bringing this cartoony style into you know the world of like art prints and and things like that that I I thought of as being reserved for quote unquote serious artists um so it's been it's been really funny to uh kind of grow into the style that I have now and it's been a lot of feeling sheepish about it and then realizing there was nothing to be sheepish about and just sallying forth. One of my favorite examples of this is when I was trying to teach myself watercolor. Watercolor is really tricky mm-hmm. um, especially yeah. oh like gosh. yeah so when you're trying to do like detail work with it I just was getting so frustrated and like anytime I tried to get the paint into the areas like right up around the lines like if I had a little mm-hmm. like a little animal or something who was on a watercolor background like it was easy to get the background but then the part like right around the animal was just like making me tear my hair out so what I decided to do was draw the animal on a separate sheet of paper cut it out and then put it on top of the watercolor background and at at the time it really felt like cheating like I was like dang it like I'm not a real artist like I can't make watercolor (laughs) work and I felt really bad about it for like a week and then all of a sudden one day I was sitting there having coffee and I was like 
Oh my god, you idiot. You just made a collage. <laughs> and that And actually, you made all the pieces of the collage. I know, right? And it actually like then it sort of dawned on me that like maybe this isn't cheating, maybe it's actually just my style and my way of doing things that I sort of can make up as I go along. So that's sort of my favorite story of, you know, me feeling really sheepish about being self-taught, but then learning to make it my own, because I think that's a really big part of being an artist, is embracing, again, it's like you're weird, embracing all the things that make you you and where how you got to where you are today. It's interesting, too, that like when you're like, oh, I made a collage, suddenly you had this like handle on what that thing is. Right. And right. so like like you're weird, like you're like using that handle on instead of like it's cool that you I think you are using your masters in literature is what I'm trying to say. Is because yes. you're using the language <laughs> yep. that, that helps you make sense of the world. Oh man, I do feel like I use my degree all the time. Like when um when I got the email from the woman who's now my editor at Penguin, I ended up having to put together a book proposal and I knew nothing about book proposals, especially because right. usually like there's kind of a set way to do them for a specific genre, but creative journal slash coloring book isn't really an established genre. So <laughs> I kind of had to make it up as I went along, but I did a bunch of research and I was like, oh, this is just genre awareness in a new setting. <laughs> so I do yeah. feel like I use my degree a lot and I feel like no matter what I do, every piece I make has a thesis. You know, it just my English. <laughs> degree like follows behind me and I can't escape it but I don't think I'd have it any other way so you got over the hurdle of thinking that you were cheating and accepting the fact that you are an artist and so how does that work like how does that feel within your community of artists like Mm. do you feel accepted and I do especially you know I've really kind of gotten into the world of artists on Instagram it's a really neat little community um Mm -hmm on social media and they have been super accepting especially because you know a lot of them are self-taught and I feel like um, at least in the world of social media I don't feel a ton of competition and (laughs) I don't know maybe I'm lucky in that because some days I do feel it and I have to like fight really hard to not let it not wallow in it you know yeah um but for the most part I feel like people are really accepting and there's this sense of like we're all just kind of continuing the conversation of creative stuff that's happening in the world and putting stuff out there and I think um I think as long as you believe in the value of what you're putting out there, that's key. Because if you don't, or if you feel sheepish about it, then it can bite you. But if you really right. believe in it, I think it's it's easy to share. And, and people feel that, you know, people feel that presence that you're bringing. Absolutely. That's awesome. Like, I wanted to ask that question also to help lead into, like, talking about bullying and things like that. Because a lot of times your weird comes off as an insult or something that right feel attacked by um so do you have experience with that and like or just like having can you talk about your experience with your weird not in this positive light yeah so um you know I'm fortunate in that I don't really have a ton of negative like personal life experience with your weird I come from a family of weirdos hi mom hi dad (laughs) and um, (laughs) and I think to us being different has always been seen pretty positively and so I feel like you know from a relatively young age I've been pretty proud of what's made me different Um, but I feel like that is part of the key to avoiding the negative stuff that comes with it. Um, Because I think that anyone who is 
um, who's bullying you or, you know, telling you you're different in a negative way, really what they're trying to do is like make you afraid or make you sad. Um, but the thing is, if you refuse to feel that way about it, then they have no power over you. Like if you take your weirdness and make it something just unapologetically positive and you really think it's awesome, there's no way they can make you afraid or sad. Um, and then all their power goes away. Right. So yeah. I hope that I'm hoping that some weirdos out in the world will find this book and and, you know, that it will help encourage them down that path, because I think I really think that's the key. And I think that the universe and the world is full of really different and awesome people. And I want us all to be really proud of that, because that's how we get things done and how we make new things and advance humanity. Yeah, I'm really excited about your book, too, because it's not just a print that says you're weird or something like that like right that's just like affirming which is great but that the fact that it's a workbook is like right. yeah sometimes you need to work on this and like not accept the differentness about you as a negative you know totally totally and I feel like too um one really nice thing about about that fact and the fact that it's not just like art you hang on the wall is that it allows you to make a mess like I really hope that people will kind of destroy my book (laughs) in a way like because I think that being weird is messy and you know that's something that I constantly have to work on I'm an incorrigible perfectionist um and so I think this book is partly a reminder to myself that it's okay to get messy and it's okay there's even a page in the book that has the letters color outside the lines on the page and it's directing you to color outside the lines like I really (laughs) want people I really want people to kind of destroy this book you know it's like there's that journal wreck this journal um I took some inspiration from that I really hope that people will will just color all over it and yeah make a mess (laughs) yeah so that's if you have a book called you're weird Mm -hmm. you have to make every page unique like how intense was that oh my gosh super intense (laughs) um but really fun too um it was the part about it that was stressful was having a a timeline and a deadline Mm -hmm. um because you know then you have the pressure to you know come up with something great on on somebody else's schedule but I really I fell into this really lovely pattern of just getting up and working on it every day and I actually really fell in love with the process of making books and I really hope I get to do it again because it was just so lovely it actually reminded me of working on my thesis in grad school you know just diving into this one project and working on it a little bit every day or a lot every day like (laughs) the week before the rough draft was due I worked over 100 hours so it was it was intense (laughs) yeah it was intense a lot of the time um but I really had fun coming up with the content for the book um actually my husband who's a um, a musician and a recording engineer he used part of his tax return to take us up to Sun Valley and we basically did a little like creative retreat it was really fun oh cool Um, yeah and so we just like rented this little place and sat around and thought of ideas all day. And my goal was to come up with a list of 100 ideas that weekend. And I did it. And I was like a shell of a human at the end of the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) But it was super cool to get to do that together, you know, and he could work on his lyrics. And yeah, it was just it was really fun. Yeah. So before you were able to quit your day job, how did you figure out how to like cut out time for yourself? to work on this other because you started your business while you were still working at the library right 
Yeah, I actually started it at the job I had before then, which was a nonprofit okay. like desk job, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once the business was going well enough that I was getting like some, barely any income from it, but some, then I could step down from full time to part time. Um, so that's what the library was, was the part time step. And then once I got the email with the book deal, I had my notice in <laughs> 10 minutes later. at the part-time job so that was yeah it allowed me to go from working a full-time job to a part-time job and then now I just make art full-time that's awesome is there anything about like you make art full-time but then you also like have to sell art (laughs) full-time it can be really hard and to be completely honest like one of the things I've been struggling with over the past year having now made a book as well um, because last year I mean I had to make this book Um, I was full-time with my business for the first time, and I also planned a wedding and bought a house. So it was... Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, it was totally crazy. I mean, amazing. You adulted hard. (laughs) I did. (laughs) So so it was an insane year, but really it allowed me to compare running a business full-time and making a book full-time, kind of side by side. And I got to say, I really enjoyed making the book and... So what I've been struggling with right now is what, you know, on the spectrum of making books full time and making, you know, running a business full time and selling art full time, basically, like, where do I want to be on that spectrum? And after three years of selling art, I have to say I'm getting a little weary of the hustle and I'm kind of wondering if I'm going to start wanting to head in more of a bookmaking direction in the future. But I really, honestly, I don't know. I, you know, my motto all along throughout this whole crazy art journey has been say yes and then figure it out later. (laughs) And that's kind of what I'm trying to do right now is just say yes to the things that are coming my way and as I go, try to figure out exactly what it is that I want. And that's actually been something that's been really tricky for me since graduating from school. I don't know if you've had this experience too, but I found out that um, after I graduated from college and from grad school, I found that I was really, really good at achieving a goal when it was in place and when someone had put it there for me. But when it came to like setting my own goals and tasks and figuring out what I wanted those to be, it was a lot harder. And that's something that I've had to kind of wrap my brain around and shift into after school life is, you know, learning how to set goals and figure out the next like stepping stone for myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. I feel really good about progress I've made on that front, but that's definitely been one of the biggest shifts I've had to make after, you know, kind of leaving my good student habits behind, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. No, and even in like grad school where it's really like – self-driven like you are like you have this like goal and timeline that's pre-set and so it is really interesting and then try and you have I don't know like I wouldn't call it free time but you have a lot of time in grad school you know where like you can work on stuff all hours of the day or night (laughs) um at least my experience was that and so um yeah it's hard to then like go into 40 hours a week and be like oh wait when do you fit in the creative stuff and how do you fit it in you know like especially if you want it to be a huge part of your life or another source of income or your eventual career path right and if there aren't people there to like give you a gold star you know like that was another thing that I had to really like work out of there's actually there's this really great book um that I read last year it's called playing big by Tara Moore 
Um, okay. Her last name is M-O-H-R. And okay. I think you would love it. There's an entire chapter in it that's about like unlearning your good student habits. Um, yeah. Which was really, really helpful. You know, like people pleasing and again, like figuring out your own goals instead of achieving assignment kind of mentality. Um, and the book is just awesome. I mean, it's really just about learning how to figure out what you want and how to go after it. Um, so I would definitely recommend that to anybody who's interested and especially you, Miss Hoffmeister. I think you would love it. <laughs> Thanks. Cool. Yeah. I just, I just looked it up. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Because it's like... There, there's also like you're saying about the gold star for doing a good job, but also just like the permission to pursue something. Because it's right. like if a boss is saying we need to get this done, then you're like, oh, that's a worthy cause. But then <laughs> <Right>. deciding <laughs> that your own projects are a worthy cause, totally, it's hard sometimes. It is, yeah. You know, and doing that for yourself. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I completely agree. One of the things that was really tough for me and felt like a failure for a long time was feeling like I couldn't fit in in a normal workplace or a job because every job that I had it just didn't resonate with me and I like felt like I'd lost my spark and I think there was part of me that felt like okay so you know if I don't fit in in traditional work life like am I just an entitled millennial like everyone on the internet seems to think about millennials (laughs) or like am I an optimist and um you know do I truly believe that there's just something better out there for me and I think that learning to really see that as optimism was a really big part of what helped me take the leap every time I needed to take a leap was really just believing that there is a better professional life out there for me and I needed to create it and that that was okay to do. And so I think that it's really cool to see more and more people our age starting their own businesses and really like creating their own careers or even just modifying existing ones until they really fit right. who they are. And I'm really hoping that um, that we'll see more and more of that because it's so possible and I want people to realize how possible it is to create your own career and, um, you know, just create a professional life that, that makes you truly happy. So I really hope that we'll see more and more of that um from young people as they get older so that's because this podcast is about like failure like successful people failing because it's like comforting (laughs) to hear about that um and so I'm really glad that you brought that up and then um I guess like in the process of making the book and in the process of running your own business and making art like what are failures that you kind of deal with and work through to like turn into successes because I feel like as an entrepreneur you probably have to do that constantly and as an artist I'm sure you have to do that constantly is there anything that's like kind of sometimes kicks you down that you have to work through yeah so I think one of the things that I really had to learn is like as an entrepreneur like there is no hourly wage to fall back on you know like every dollar that you make you you have to earn for yourself and um and not to say that people who work an hourly wage aren't doing that but but it's different you know there's no there's right. no guarantee and at times the dollars can feel more precious because of that and i realized um a little while ago that something that i really have to watch for is like tying how i feel about my work to how much money i've made recently Um, And that sounds terrible, but it's really easy to do and it's really easy to fall into that trap. 
Um, yeah. You know, because if you're making a lot of money, you feel successful. So you feel like that must tie to the quality of your work. And it doesn't always do that. You know, like some of my very favorite pieces, I've probably sold like two prints of ever, you know, but I keep them around <laughs> because I love them and I think they're really quality work. And, you know, those are always the pieces where most people don't notice them, but then the people who fall in love with them like really fall hard for them. And it's always a good reminder um, that, you know, what I think is quality matters a lot too. And it's not all about like bringing in money too. You know, it's about right. making connections with people. And like when you do a show and you see a little kid interacting with your work or whatever, it just, it makes my day every time. And like, that's what it's about. It's not, it's not about the money stuff, even though sometimes it feels scary because, you know, you've got mortgage coming up or whatever and sure. you need to like rustle up some dough. But I think, <laughs> the, I think the more that, um, the more you can connect with your why and why you're doing what you're doing, um, you know, you'll always you'll always stay true to that. And that's that's the most important thing. So you run your own business. You yes. are about to be a published author. Woo, oh, my um, God. I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe it. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, so what's next for you? You've hit like these really big milestones. Like, right, right. Um, what what's coming next and and is there any nervousness or excitement wrapped up in in what's coming next oh yeah there's excitement there's terror there's a whole (laughs) healthy mix of messy emotions in there but um you know the short answer is i don't honestly know um and i think you know some of the best times of my life have been times that felt really scary like that because it usually means something great is around the corner um I've been trying really hard to sort of embrace instability because it's not something that we're super comfortable with a lot of times. Yeah. But, but really, I feel like that's when when you're open is when the best things come to you. And so I've tried really hard to stay open. I have had one, um, I don't know if you can call it an epiphany, but one good solid realization, <laughs> which is a lot of people see my work as being for kids and there are pieces that I make you know like um, I have a dinosaur alphabet piece that's you know mostly intended for kids but mostly I picture my audience as adults and I think that would surprise a lot of people but I've realized that while I do maybe want to make kids books um, down the road what makes me really happy right now is trying to get adults thinking like kids So, yeah, yeah, so I'm really excited to see where that realization takes me, because when I think about making kids books, I think it makes sense. And I have a few ideas. But when I think about trying to get adults thinking like kids again, like my heart sings, I get really excited and I'm like smiling like an idiot right now just thinking about it. (laughs) So I I take that as a really good sign that that's sort of where I'm supposed to head next. But again, I don't really know what that looks like right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying really hard to turn the narrative in my brain about that to being something that's positive and cool as opposed to something that's terrifying. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, like that's definitely that's something that I've realized when I started grad school, I realized that I had kind of lost that and there was yeah. some I remember I was like really stressed out about some like I didn't stand up for myself in this one situation where I like wanted to film this project that was going on and I was like oh I'll email that guy and ask if I can film it and then my classmate just like was like hey can I film that and mm. he just got to do it and I was like I'm actually right. a better fit for this and mm-hmm. I was really upset with myself 
And I like went on a walk and was like, I I was like, 10 year old Caitlin would have never <laughs> just sat there and not spoken up, you know? Right, and so right. I was like, that's like something that even just for myself, I've realized that I need to do is like check in with kid Caitlin. Totally. To see what I should do in a situation sometimes. Oh, yes. Go kid Caitlin. I love it. That makes me really <laughs> yeah, happy. Yeah, I trust her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah. I love that idea. I think that's really important to, yeah. to yeah, keep I, um, that person in mind. Oh, totally. And, you know, it's funny. I hadn't really thought about identifying with myself as a kid, but I love that. I think I'm going to pull that in and see if I can piece out a little bit more of what I'm supposed to do next from that. But I um, cool. I taught at a summer camp for years and years and years. It was a theater camp. So um, when you're teaching kids, you always get to hear them say silly things. But when you're teaching at a theater camp, it's like off the charts silliness. <laughs> so <laughs> I had really good inspiration from them um, in how kids think. And God, it's just so awesome. You know, like believing in magic, like getting to see a magician or something and not even wondering how they did it, but just like being all in and being so excited about it. Like those are things that I wish we all could do a little bit more. And, um, you know, especially right now, the world is not as happy of a place for many of us as it has been in recent years. And I think right now we need that more than ever. So I'm, I'm hoping that I can you know, do my part to try to bring that to people in whatever way I can. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Kate. This is so great. I'm really oh my excited gosh. for the book. <laughs> thank you so much. It was such an honor yeah. to be here, Caitlin. You're such a badass. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're such a badass. Is it okay um, to say so, badass on your podcast? I hope so. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Good. I don't I don't even know how to take the like, there's like a thing that shows up on iTunes that says like explicit and it just does that <laughs> automatically, and I don't know how to take it off. So we should just, like, cuss all over the place for Woo! it. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, so July 11th, it comes out. Where yes. should people go? Um, so all of the info is on my website, which is www.thedapperjackalope.com. Mm-hmm. Picture a little jackalope in a bow tie, dapper jackalope. And um, <laughs> and on there, you can order the book through me or it'll take you to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all those places um, that have the book right now. So yeah, that's where you can find it. And oh my gosh, I hope you love the heck out of it and that you destroy it with your colored pencils. <laughs> that's my hope. <laughs> And that was my conversation with the weird and wonderful Kate Peterson. Her book, You're Weird, is just a super fun piece of art. And if you like You're Doing Just Fine, I really do think you'll love it, so I'll link to places you can find it in the description. I want to thank Kate, of course, for joining me for this episode and for just being so generous with her time and also so warm and welcoming that in a podcast about her book, she started recommending other people's books. I also want to thank Nate Agenbrad of Mixed Metaphor Recording, who recorded Kate's half of the conversation for me. You're Doing Just Fine's art is by Lauren Tyler Norby. The music is by Caroline Keys. I'm Caitlin Hoffmeister, and you are doing just fine. Just keep your faith.